You're listening to an Anderson Entertainment production. This episode, we're tracking a missing robot in Fab Facts. We are stuck at the bottom of the ocean in the randomizer. And it's the Jeremy Hitchin grand finale. Ooh, that's all coming up in Pod 152 of the Jerry Anderson Podcast. Cool. Let's get started. Let's go. Spectrum is green. The Jerry Anderson Podcast with Jamie Anderson and Richard James. Pod 152 of the Jerry Anderson Podcast. Uh, that is the correct number of this edition. That's a relief. Which, which means we are <laughs> rapidly approaching uh, pod 156, which <laughs> takes us what? to our three-year anniversary. Oh, is I that see. right? I see. Yes. Okay. Yes, it would do. Yeah. Anyway, look. This yeah, is... we haven't taken a single break, have we? Yeah, we have. All that time. <laughs> we, and we maybe we don't yet deserve Neither one. of us. Yeah. No weeks off, nothing. Well, we've done no, a few pre-record but, blocks where we've yeah, then taken yeah, some yeah, time yeah. But, you know, every week there's been a podcast. I know. All that time. Amazing. Amazing. Yeah. Uh, we're still here banging on about Jerry Anderson True. stuff in the Jerry Anderson mm-hmm. podcast. Uh, mm. I'm Jamie Anderson, son of Jerry Anderson, which is why I'm here. Who the hell are you and why are you here? <laughs> oh, no. Well, I'm Richard James. That's the first part. Yeah, I don't yeah. really know the answer to the second half of your question. Why am I Because you're a very yeah. kind and enthusiastic human being who is an, That's a, true. an essential part of the world of Jerry Anson. That's true. Very and much... I tend to have not much to do in the afternoons. That's the other thing, yeah. Okay, yeah. and I was going to say, you're very much like Chris Dale over there. Am I? Uh, yes, who's weirdly sitting on a chair, balancing <gasps> on a table. I don't know why he's what doing he that. What is doing up there? Very do be odd. careful, Chris. Yeah, don't fall off. Anyway, Chris will be here no. later on with the randomizer hmm. because that's what he does. Uh, very yes. important part. Some might say the most important part of the Jerry Anson podcast. Yeah. But what other less important parts of the Jerry Anson podcast are there, Richard James? Well, would you like them in order of importance? Uh, well, that sounds like it might offend me or some other people. But yes, please do give us those in order of importance. Okay, well, I should say that the least important thing coming up... Yes. <laughs> oh, no. Well, okay, it's Fab Facts, of course. Ah, I knew you'd say just, that. just a moment. Uh-huh. Predictable. Uh, then we've got, um, well, in order of importance, crikey. Well, let's say the Jerry Anderson <laughs> News. I mean, that's yes. pretty important. Yeah, okay. But that's coming up in a little while as well, because there's, as we know, always something happening in the Jerry Anderson universe. Yes. Lots to talk about there. Mm-hmm. Uh, then we've got, uh, well, I would say our podstrons, our lovely listeners. Uh, they've been emailing us at podcast.jerryanderson.co.uk and tweeting us and hashtagging us, hashtag Jerry Anderson podcast. And uh, they've been uh, writing on our Podstron's Facebook group as well. And I should be reading out some of their messages a little later on. And that makes the most important thing out of all these things so far. Part three of your Jamie's interview with the lovely Jeremy Hitchin. Nice. Yes. Yeah. That's e- that? beautifully done. I didn't want to offend, you see, but. I think by not wanting to defend, you probably part, partly offended several people, but I yes, generally yes. agree with that. No, it's all very good and all very exciting. And of course, you, lovely listener, who I'm talking to right now, you are now a podstron. 
Uh, it's happened by default. Whether you like it or not. And exactly, yep. if you've never heard that term yep. before, just by listening to this and being part of our lovely community of Podstrons worldwide, you are now a Podstron. Uh, so I've just knighted yep. you with a comlock either side of your, touched you on the shoulders, now making <laughs> you an official Podstron. <laughs> yes, if you wondered what that strange <laughs> touching sensation was, it was a comlock. Okay, I think we should move <laughs> swiftly on to, yeah. as you've already said, the least important part of this entire podcast, and that is Fab Facts. Get it over with then. Now, time for this week's Fab Facts. Fab Facts, which is uh, the least important part of this podcast. So, you know, if you've got anything else you want to do, scratching your ear or uh, going for a walk, yeah, take the rubbish out, then probably now is a good time to do it. But if you're interested in Fab Facts and the Jerry Anderson (laughs) Universe, then this is the section for you. I've got a book of Fab Facts. I'm going to flick through the book, which is going to shout Fab at a random point, and then I will stop flicking and read you a Fab Fact from the page where I stop flicking. Are you ready to shout Fab, Richard? Born ready. Are you ready to listen to a fab fact, Posteron? Yes. Very good. Then here we go. Fab! Ooh. Mm. How interesting. What? Is it? Yes. Well, it's page 74. You 70- set the bar quite high there. <laughs> it's page 74 in the book of fab facts. Oh, yeah. yeah. Which puts us at quite an interesting period. Mm. So here we go. Richard James, we all know mm. that every Anderson vehicle is packed with... 40,000 tonnes of TNT. So as cool as they (laughs) are to see in their entirety, it's often cooler to see them destroyed. Yes, it is. That's true. Uh, Most obviously, the Space 1999 Eagles were regularly crashed, trashed and exploded. But also, Spectrum lost quite a few of their vehicles, as did Shadow and so on and so on and so on. Lots Mm -hmm. of big bangs in the Jerry Anderson universe. Mm -hmm. But then there are other vehicles like Supercar, Fireball XL5, and Stingray, which feel a bit more special, a bit more precious, yeah, perhaps. They do, yeah. They are the title vehicle, which almost makes them a character in their own right. And the thought of destroying them just feels plain wrong. Imagine. Unless you were a writer of TV21 in the late 1960s, of course. What? Ah, hey? uh, yes. One of those iconic three vehicles was actually destroyed blown to bits for real in the pages of the classic comic. Crikey. I know. So, when TV 20th Century 1 launched in January 1965, the two star Anderson strips it carried were, of course, as you well know, Richard James, Stingray mm-hmm. and Fireball and XL5. And Fireball XL5, yes, yeah, that's both right. Both in glorious colour. Indeed. Uh, Supercar was in there for a while too, but it wasn't for very long. And it wasn't part of the sort of shared continuity of the comic, the early iterations of the Andiverse. So as the years rolled by, the arrivals of Thunderbirds and Captain Scarlet and Zero X gradually pushed Stingray and XL5 out of the comic. Boo-hoo, some might say. Uh, So first they would go from full colour back to black and white. Then they'd just become text stories. And finally, those strips would disappear altogether. Sad. Hmm. But that is how, in March 1968, Fireball XL5 finally left the comic as a text story in issue 167 titled Grounded. I'm saying that that way because there's an exclamation mark at the end of the title. (laughs) Um, So, Grounded, in which uh, Fireball XL5 itself was blown to pieces by an enemy attack. Sad. Wow. Not only that, but one of the show's most beloved characters may have been on board at the time. What? No, Richard, it wasn't Zuni. Oh, you said beloved, didn't you? Yeah. 
It was yeah. Robert the Robot. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah. Really? So, yes, really. So in this story, Robert is mentioned as being on board Fireball XL5, serving as co-pilot during the mission in which it's destroyed, but is suspiciously not mentioned as being with Steve, Matt and Venus when they abandon ship in Fireball Junior. Left at the controls. Uh, well, or in the main body, I suppose. Uh, oh. In the, in fact, when they crash Fireball Junior on a nearby asteroid and discuss the possibility of surviving uh, baddies attacking them, Steve says, "There's three of them and three of us," meaning <laughs> Steve, Matt, and Venus. But well, did no one mention Robbie at all? <laughs> Robert the robot. So no one said. Well, well, what about? Hang on. It looks like their faithful robot friend, who would have been quite handy in that fight, doesn't even get a mention. <laughs> <laughs> Charming. The trio eventually made it back to Earth, where Commander Zero promised that a new Fireball XL5 would be built, but still Robert was not mentioned. It looks like the author probably just forgot to mention him, but if that's the case, it's a rather yeah. unfortunate story to do that in, and presumably many readers were wondering what happened to Robert <laughs> and if he was destroyed with the ship. Oh no. Um, the following week, the XL5 stories were replaced by Project Sword. So it looked like Robert's fate was going to remain a mystery. But four months later, in issue 184, TV21 gave us an update on how construction of the new XL5 was progressing and even published a photo uh, of right. Robert 2. Oh. This new robot looked exactly the same as the previous Robert, although, according to TV21, certain modifications have been made to his inside as a result of suggestions from the XL5 crew. <laughs> To his inside? His inside, yeah. Uh, again, that's still no confirmation of whether the original TV series Robert had been lost. Uh, it was just TV21 inadvertently muddying the waters even more. Thanks, TV21. Mm. However, given how fond the XL5 crew clearly were uh, of Robert, it's hard to believe that they would entertain the idea of replacing him unless something disastrous had happened that meant they'd had to do that. Oh, so there we dear. are. Gosh. Not only did TV21 destroy Fireball XL5, they may have also accidentally thrown poor old Robert the Robot into a plot hole in the process. Oh, oh dear. So, That's a, what a shame uh, that such a thing should happen in, in, a, in a text story as well. We don't even get to see it because it, it is one of those iconic moments when a ship of that sort of uh, you know legendary status, like your Enterprise or, or your, your Liberator and Blake 7, to see them being uh, you know destroyed in the series is quite something isn't it yeah. this just happened like in a tech, like an afterthought and then it was blown up yeah, yeah. Uh, i mean but but what do you think podstron was robert destroyed or uh, did he somehow make it back to earth and was floating in space after the destruction of the main body i, I mean it seems like mm. he was destroyed and i guess in the in the in the flurry of activity they just didn't mention mm. him in the story yeah gosh that's harsh isn't so, it so yeah poor old robert eh? Wow. Yeah, poor I, old Robert. I wonder if he had the same voice as Robert too, or whether he had an upgraded one. Oh, don't, yeah. Don't worry, I'm not going to do I the mean, voice. Oh, I was a little bit nervous there for a moment. <laughs> don't worry, don't worry. But I guess <laughs> we'll never know what happened to Robert and whether he really did meet his maker or whether his maker just made another one for the sake of it a few yeah. issues later. <laughs> anyway, yeah. there you go. Um, yeah. If you've got any thoughts, uh, Podstron, on what might have happened to Robert, then do email us podcast at jerryanderson.co.uk and we'll happily read your thoughts next time. But for now, I think that brings us, plot hole and all, to the end of this week's... Robert Fact! Fact. Perfect. Lovely. Yeah. <laughs> Weird, isn't it? Oh, how these things happen. Yeah. There we go. Yeah. Poor Robert the Robot. That's, that's very sweet. Uh, anyway, uh, now, you are, of course, listening... 
to the Jerry Anderson podcast. Of course you are, because you're interested in all things Jerry Anderson. Uh, so don't forget, in that case, to subscribe to us on whichever channel you're listening to us on. You can leave us a nice review and a rating as well and mm. share us with your friends so they get to hear us as well. All that sort of stuff. You know the drill. Uh, now, I have got some emails here. Uh, because our podstrons have been emailing us in at podcast.jerryanderson.co.uk, for example. Yes. This is Mark Perkins. Hi there, Ooh. Chris, Richard and Jamie. Following on from Richard saying how difficult it would be to rhyme anything with Virgil. Oh, I'm dear. afraid he got into my head and I couldn't settle. I've taken the three of you out for a run, or rather I downloaded the podcast and you were on my headphones, and as I was some way from home, I spent the remainder of my jog composing something. Now, I know you said no more limericks, but I'm a bit of an addict and couldn't help myself. Oh dear. So, are you ready for this? I'm not sure I am, <clears> but go on. While writing a song about Virgil... His brothers complained that they felt ill. Mm. It took so much time to make the thing rhyme, and all they came up with was Purcell. <sighs> he says, at oh, least Mark. it's clean. <laughs> anyway, thanks for the fun time, says Mark, past, present and future. You're now just over halfway to your tricentennial, regards Mark Perkins. Oh, thank goodness oh. that. Not uh, the, what was it? Uh, sesquicentennial, was it? Oh, I no, stop I'm it. I'm not even sure it was Don't. that. I can't remember now. But no. thank you, Mark, for your, uh, <laughs> for your clean uh, limerick. Yes, uh, other washing powders are available. <laughs> Chris Moore got in touch to say, when Chris uh, Dale discussed the new Captain Scarlet episode, Virus, he suggested that the idea of a computer virus infecting humans may not be original. He was right. Uh, the high-tech drama series Bugs used the same idea in, I believe, episodes 9 and 10 of series 2, broadcast in 1996. Curiously enough, those episodes were written by your recent interviewee, Stephen Gallagher. Small world. Yeah, move over, Kevin Bacon, says Chris. Everybody is actually connected through Jerry Anderson. All the best from Chris Moore. Yeah, that's true. There are lots of connecting. You can, also, you can connect up the dots, can't you, between actors, directors, writers, and crew members through lots of uh, Jerry Anderson series and, and beyond to TV shows and movies. We know that all well, over the place. Richard, can I dive mm. in here with a suggestion? Please do. Yeah. I think that we should ask our listeners, that's you, lovely Podstron, to play a game with us oh. of Six Degrees of Jerry Anderson. Oh. How do you feel right. about that? Well, how's it going to work? Well, what are the rules? We, we, you and I, will name oh, yeah. a random place, person or object and okay. a second one of those. And uh, the listeners, that's that's you, listening, yeah, you know you, uh, will have to send us a six degree or less a description of how those two things connect to the world of Jerry Anderson or through the world of Jerry Anderson. Does that make sense, sort of? So yeah, I, it's, Go on. So we'll pick a Jerry Anderson <laughs> thing. So I'm going to say Thunderbird 2, let's start obvious. Yeah, okay. And that needs to be connected through... With... Six degrees. Uh, yes. To... To post-it notes. Right. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I mean, it's sort of a game, isn't it? Of course yeah, it's a game. Yeah, so no, right. You know, no. Send yeah. us in your six degrees of Jerry Anderson connecting Thunderbird 2 to post-it notes to podcast uh, right. at uh, and we look like forward it. to uh, reading some amazing suggestions, but they must be, you know, pretty clear ones. Amazing. So, yeah, not, yeah. not vague. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, right. Good. Okay. Uh, Megan uh, got in touch to say greetings, gents, and congrats on Pod 150. Don't I've been offline for a few weeks. 
Oh, go on. Uh, right. Be my agent. Uh, I've been offline for a few weeks, says Megan, due to re-dislocating my shoulder, ending up with a severe staph infection and bursitis, which has uh, made sitting up for long periods at the laptop rather difficult. Uh, she says, I managed to catch pod 150 and, to my delight, heard the interview with Jeremy Hitchin. Uh, Megan says, I've loved Jeremy and his work for many years, and Tiger Neinstein is one of my favourite non-Tracy family Anderson characters. Hearing Jeremy's stories was delightful and brought back many memories. Thanks once again, lads, from Megan. Oh, thanks, Megan, but more stories from Jeremy to come. Oh, good, yes. Thank you for my special reward, says Hannah, for doing something great in my spare time. It was very unexpected and very kind of you all. Ah, yes, this was following uh, Hannah's news that she'd been uh, uh, helping to um, uh, provide vaccinations and so on, assisting in vaccination centres. I'll be keeping it up as much as I can, says Hannah, and I will continue my support for Jerry Anderson. Just one more thing before I go. I forgot to ask something from my previous message. At the end of uh, the Jerry Anderson Day Fab Live, did you bring one of my drawings to life? Because it looked very familiar. Thank you, and FAB, Hannah. I guess that must be the uh, the Thunderbird 2 animation at the end. Oh, I guess so. Of our Fab Live broadcast. But no, I mean, yeah. Chris did that completely independently yeah. without uh, yeah. any outside influence. So no, I just, But Hannah's uh, pictures, as we know, have that great sense of movement, don't they? So don't they? So we can... Uh, understand how that happened uh now hello richard and jamie uh, i don't know if this is the uh, right email address says hugh so if it's no please delete <laughs> uh, thanks for a wonderful jerry anderson day even though i'm in australia in adelaide i enjoyed the day by watching some of my favorite episodes from the shows i have on dvd for example stingray thunderbirds captain scarlet new captain scarlet joe 90 and ufo i've always been interested in how back in the 1960s and 1970s they made productions in such a small time plus all the details involved, the facts, trivia, etc. I've been inspired by the Jerry Anderson shows and many others, uh, classics from that era, uh, and I've been making my own Lego stop animation videos, but here's the twist. I'd be using uh, super marination tricks and style to make it appealing to modern-day audiences. To find out more, please check out my YouTube channel, uh, Scruffy Films, or my Instagram account, Instagram, Instagram account, <laughs> scruffyfilms underscore official, for more details. And that's from Hugh. Thanks, Hugh. We'll take a look. Yes, certainly will. Uh, a couple more. Hi, Jamie, Rich and Chris, says Stuart. Just need to say, what a great podcast. Uh, it takes me back to my childhood watching Thunderbirds, Stingray, Captain Scarlet and Joe 90. About the great Joe 90 and G.I. Joe. G.I. Joe is the American version of our action man, the fantastic toy of the 1970s. And that's maybe why ITC in America may have got upset over the branding for Joe 90, which actually would have never affected us over here. FAB regards Stuart. Fair enough. And finally, Stephen says, Hi, Jamie and Richard. Inspired by Chris Dale's recent online piece about the MSV the other week, I thought you might like the following. I recorded it whilst walking down a path, in case you were wondering. Uh, I love the show, and the best to all of you at Anderson Towers. Cheers from Stephen. And he sent us this rather smashing voice file. Hi, Jamie. Hi, Richard. After the online article about uh, the Spectrum maximum security vehicle. I thought I'd just uh, give you a few lines about my experience of having this when the toy was released back in the 70s. Um, I, as you would do at that time, decided to find out for myself whether or not it was actually properly indestructible. So my little white dinky toy uh, was hurled repeatedly against the pebble dash of our um, of our bungalow to see if it would still work afterwards uh, and I could still push it around and the door still opened and the uh, gold was still intact or the isotopes or whatever they were but I decided it needed more severe treatment so I got my dad's garden roller which was 
I think probably, I don't know, had a diameter of about two foot and seemed to be made of cast iron or something. And uh, I put the poor vehicle underneath that and pushed it over the top of the uh, vehicle several times and then retrieved it. And the wheels all still went round and the door still opened and the isotopes were still intact. So I decided that it was, in fact, uh, an indestructible vehicle. So there you go. Quality dinky product for you. Just thought you might like to know. Thank you very much. Oh, yeah. thanks, Dave. It's always nice to hear from our Podstrons, isn't what it? A lovely sounding walk. Lovely. Yes, exactly. Uh, so you, uh, you, yes, you yeah. can uh, drop us a line, podcast at jerryhamson.co.uk, and even send us a little voice memo as well, and we'll, we'll play that out. Do. Yeah. Please yeah. do send those Please in. Do. We really love them. Yeah. Uh, Rich James. Yours. There's a lot of things from Podstrons there, but I think it's important that we get some Jerry Anderson news, don't you? Uh, I think it's the third most important thing in the entire podcast. You're right. Well, let's do the third most important thing in this entire podcast now. It is this week's Jerry Anderson News. E-news, news, 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 oh, news. I was really worried for when you were going to do it. That's <laughs> lovely. Thank you, Richard James. Richard James, is it yes, possible to have what? too many eagles in the world? Oh, no, I don't think it can be, surely. No, I don't think so either. So uh, lots of you may have been picking up or pre-ordering the uh, 1612 Space 1999 collectibles, including their set of uh, pre-orderable five-inch eagles. Mm-hmm. But I see you a five-inch eagle and I raise you two ten-inch eagles. <laughs> wow. Yeah, so... Our lovely friends at Eagle Moss and Hero Collector have uh, put up for pre-order a couple of fantastic new 10-inch Eagles, a standard transporter and a booster edition, uh, both of which are available for pre-order from the Jerry Anderson store, of course, shop.jerryanderson.co.uk. They are rather smart, come on a lovely flight display stand, which is great. Each comes with a special collector's box and a magazine. And we believe the first one, the transporter, is arriving in July and the booster version is arriving, arriving in August. Um, they may be slightly delayed as because everything in the entire world, uh, there's any kind of small fry stuff like our, our bits and pieces are being shipped from China or elsewhere and are delayed because of uh, Covid and Brexit and Suez Canal blockages and everything else, but um, they will get here eventually. But they are lovely, lovely things. Um, mm. Relatively lim- limited edition, so uh, go and grab those if you would like. From the other end of the Jerry Anderson universe, from the very well known to the almost unknown, you may have right. seen the news about Five Star Five, Richard James. Oh yeah, you say unknown, soon to be known, soon to I be would extremely say. well known. So, seem to yeah. be seem to be the best known Jerry Anderson project. Uh, now, our, our very own Richard James, who I'm speaking to right now, who you just heard laugh, uh, mm-hmm. has done this novelisation from the original screenplay. Richard James, would you like yep. to tell us briefly about Five Star Five and what what uh, readers and listeners can expect? Oh, well, it's an epic tale of adventure uh, <laughs> written uh, in the late 1970s by Jerry uh, Anderson and Tony Barwick yep. following on from Space 1999. It was a proposed movie script and I think actually pre-production got underway at Bray Studios before the, uh, as ever, the finance fell through and it didn't happen. But uh, the script has been languishing for all that time and was discovered uh, just a few years ago, I think. Is that right, Jamie? That's or correct. have you always known about it? Yeah. No, no, no it, uh, was, it was in yeah. a pile of stuff in a filing cabinet, and go. I pulled it out and went, oh, what's this? Five Star That's Five. That's right. Yep. Uh, so, great fun to novelise. It follows the uh, adventures of Captain John D. Lovell and his attempts to uh, raise a motley crew to thwart the Zargon invasion of the planet Kestra. 
core. Yeah. It's a bit, I mean, they, they described it as the Magnificent Seven in space, but I think it's a bit more Star Wars A New Hope meets yep. Guardians of the Galaxy. Oh, absolutely right, yes. Yeah, in fact, someone tweeted today, oh, that'll be a rip-off of Guardians of the Galaxy then. And I, I replied, what, in 1979? Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. Don't think so. A, a pre-rip-off? <laughs> Uh, yeah. yeah, that's right. Yeah. yeah, yeah, but I think that's about right. It's a, it's a great uh, adventure, a, a dash of humour in there as well. Uh, and uh, I'm looking forward to you all getting to know some some more characters from the Addison universe. That's exciting. Yeah, exactly. So there's a special hardback edition um, which you can mm-hmm. pre-order now, and also a CD uh, set of the audiobook read by Robbie Stevens with music yeah. and effects by Benji Clifford, our uh, lovely, lovely guest, previous guest, and uh, friend of the Andiverse. And eventually the digital version will be available from bigfinish.com, but for now it's just hardback and CD version, so you can go and pre-order those mm-hmm. from the store if you would like at any point. And they've got a rather lovely Great. cover, haven't they? Very sure, nice, yes. Very nice cover by Marcus Stamps, who's doing a lot of our design work at the moment on, um, on oh. print material, so he's done a really lovely job. Yeah. Um, uh, from, from the stars to my desk, right. if you would like some Jerry Anderson-themed coasters... Those lovely Gail Myers Co. mugs that have uh, been so popular. Uh, we've des- we've replicated the design on a coaster set, set four coasters, which are available now. Nice. Uh, they look really lovely. It's a really nice, subtle Anderson-esque addition to your home, potentially. Yeah. If we're not giving you enough Jerry Anderson goodness for free here on the podcast or on the website mm-hmm. or via our social media or our YouTube channel, all of which is free of charge, and you would like yeah. to get some further inside track info from the worlds of Anderson then uh, Anderson Insiders has now moved from Patreon to the store Uh, if you just search Anderson Insiders on Google then uh, you'll see a Patreon link there ignore that go one down and you'll see it from uh, at the shop um, shop shop.jerryanderson.co.uk there's uh, a link there and uh, so now it's all in one place and if you join as a cadet or a lieutenant or as a special agent then you get Mm -hmm. discounts on everything on the store and once you're logged in those are all automatically applied it's rather clever and smart and fun integrated i think is the word oh integrated yes it's very much integrated uh so that's rather exciting so do pop along have a look there and also we've got a a few flash deals and stuff coming up most fridays uh for the foreseeable future if you uh Hang around on our social media, particularly Twitter, or have subscribed to our push notifications on the store. So just go to shop.jerryanderson.co.uk, wait about 30 seconds, and a little thing will come up and say, can we send you some notifications? Just say allow. Mm -hmm. And then you'll see uh, these flash deals appear once a week um, for up to 60% off uh, a randomly chosen bit of goodness from the Anderverse. So there you go. That's exciting, isn't it? Cool. Mm. Right, I think that's enough for this week, isn't it? Unless you've got anything... No, only that I was—I took my car into the garage today and I was wandering around the little industrial complex where the, the garage is and it reminded me of Pinewood Studios. Oh. And for a little moment, I almost thought about taking a picture and tweeting it saying, great to be back at Pinewood, hashtag Space Precinct, hashtag Second Series. <laughs> but, but I didn't. But it's not the 1st of April, so you didn't do that. <laughs> exactly. Okay, well, there you yeah. go. On that exclusive bombshell, that's the end of this week's <laughs> Jerry Anderson News. That was the news. That was the news. Beautiful. Thank you. Thank Gorgeous. you so much. Uh, yeah, now, uh, over on our Facebook group, people have been reacting uh, to the news that Five Star Five is coming as a, as a novel. For example, Arian posted, blimey, this sounds like a 2000 AD strip. I want it. 
Yeah, nice. It does indeed sound very 2018. CJ List says, uh, Talking chimpanzee, either Mitch has finally learned some etiquette or the PG tips chimps have been brought out of retirement. <laughs> That's referring to one of the characters uh, in, in, the, uh, in the book. Earl Black says, Wow, sounds brilliant. Ashley Bell says, Can't wait to read it. Joe Harwood says, Back in the day, I remember seeing the pre-production sketches and poster artwork and anticipating its landing. Crushed when it did not make it. Never say never. What great news. Well done. Uh, Miles Parrish says, keen as a bean for this, and I've just pre-ordered. Simon White says, uh, it'd be interesting to see this brought to either the small or big screen, either in live action or ultra marionation. Mm. Well... As you say, as Joe said earlier, never say never. Uh, Rob Doyle said, uh, It's been a while since I posted anything. Life got in the way. Kids homeschooling, finding a new job and lockdown, etc. But I finally got a bit of time for myself and I've decided to watch the first episode of each Anderson show to decide which series I'm going to watch next. Wish me luck, he says. I'm starting with Torchy the Battery Boy. Oh, it won't be he that says, one. Okay. Well, now, he says there's two ways of looking at it. It's either a sweet but dated children's show, which was the beginning of great things to come, or it's a dark and twisted story about a mad inventor who's just a little too interested in children. (laughs) He creates a demonic toy who only doesn't turn on his creator because he needs batteries to keep him alive. You decide, he says, but I'm giving it four out of (laughs) ten. Bit harsh. Mm. Um, <coughs> now, Zach Reynolds posted a picture of a Steve Zodiac and the Fireball XL5 comic that he's found. He said, I stumbled upon this at my local comic shop. Does anyone know any additional info on it? Is this single issue a script from the TV21 comics? Is it just a cheap cash-in attempt? Is it just a weird one-off tie-in? Why the devil did they not call the damn thing Fireball XL5? Why in all the world, if you have such a cool spaceship, would you not put that boy on the cover? The cover is incredible, though. I love gold key covers, but... But this makes me wonder how many gold key comics were like this. They, they did have uh, several licensed properties back then, including Star Trek, but they didn't change the whole name of the show like this. Mm. Do you know about uh, gold key comics? I'm afraid Do I don't, know? but I, I know that Chris Dale almost certainly will. So, uh, Chris, I, I hope when you've finished uh, balancing up there that you'll uh, come down and give us yeah. an explanation maybe in the next couple of weeks. Indeed. And finally, over on our Facebook group, Mark Simpson Wedge shared a post from the Prop Gallery. We often talk, don't we, about uh, props being shared between Jerry Anderson shows and shows like Blake Seven and Doctor Who and so on. Mm. Uh, and the Prop Gallery posted, In this Doctor Who and Jerry Anderson crossover, the planet projected here by the CET machine in the 1979 Doctor Who serial Nightmare of Eden uh. was actually miniature effects footage filmed for the planet Retha in the Space 1999 episode The Full Circle in 1975. Yes. There are also two other instances of Space 1999 footage being used in this serial for the same purpose. And I believe we covered that in a fab fact in Ah. a pod uh, 57. Maybe it probably wasn't that one. That's a guess. But we've definitely covered the, oh gosh, what was it called? It's the company that does the stock footage have got a lot of that stuff. Um, Oh, yes. Uh, I've forgotten the name, but yes, them. I never listen anyway. Yeah, great. Uh, Good. So remember, (laughs) you too can be a uh, member of our Facebook group. Just head on over to facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash podstrons. Answer a few questions and we'll let you in and you can join in the fun. Please do that immediately, Podstron. We'd love to have you there. Yeah. Uh, Okay, Richard James. Mm, I feel like you'd come to a natural uh, pause in your Podstron reporting there. You're absolutely right. Good. Uh, Now, obviously, I've uh, been uh, busy doing some... Jeremy Hitchin and other interviews after having a little break, thanks to you. Yeah, this is yep. the last part of Jeremy, part three of three. Ooh. He's uh, full of goodness and full of lovely stories and full of kind and thoughtful reflections on his time working on uh, on Anderson shows, including 
um, his recollections of working on the Terrorhawks audio series and all sorts of other bits and pieces. So uh, shall we hear a bit more from the lovely Jeremy Hitchin? Yes, please. Here is part three of Jeremy Hitchin. So uh, Scarlet Raps and obviously, you know, the result looked great, but it had all sorts of distribution problems and stuff uh, and uh, it didn't get the recognition it deserved. It was, you know, treated rather poorly, unfortunately, by the UK broadcaster. No, no, no names mentioned. And uh, so there was no more, no more new, new Scarlet. So then uh, well, you've got seven, seven years from then uh, until, uh, until dad died in 2012. Um, I guess you're still doing voice stuff across that time, Jez, or was it more about Foodies Festival? What was going on yeah. then? Well, yeah, no, no. I mean, from from doing, you know, commercials, that's where the that's when that's the the mainstay of of work, uh, selling stuff on radio ads and TV stuff. Mm. Uh, and I do a lot. Funny enough, there's a uh, a game. Uh, <laughs> there's a game manufacturer called Drummond Park. I think they might change their name briefly. And this is this is a uh, it's a husband and wife team. They're very good people, and they basically they just look at trends. And whenever there's a trend, they create a game. So you know, I did a wizard game when Harry Potter came out. And, you know, these are t- uh, all of these ads are still being played on on CITV and all that sort of stuff. And I mean, crazy things like there was. Well, I mean, people should look this up because it's so mad when Shrek. Just after Shrek had been around for, mm. they thought let's create a game about a Shrek alike who's sitting on a toilet in a box, and you have to answer questions. And you know, if you get it right, you have to you, you have to put a bog roll on a little pole. And it's the whole everything is derivative of Buckaroo, isn't it? So at one yeah. stage, you get too many bog rolls, the whole thing explodes. That's like Pooparoo. It was called Og on the Bog. Oh, nice. It was, and it was, listen, as he farts and squirts. And it was, you know, oh, one of the most bizarre. And I did another one about some, you have to climb up a hill where there's a goat with big, a ram. And if you're crossing the field, the ram, you know, pushes over and knocks you off the hill. And I'll never forget the... Um, uh, the tagline was, I can't remember the name of the game, but it, the tagline was, you know, buy this game, it's bottom-butting fun. <laughs> but it's funny how that sort of line is absolutely perfect for you somehow. Your, you know, the voice <laughs> is a perfect fit for that. It was great. Okay. So, um, you know, I've done a lot of that, but obviously, uh, as you say, um, foodies festivals around Britain has, has kept us busy. So yeah. uh, never idle. My wife doesn't like idle. I can imagine she wouldn't let you be, which is totally fair enough. It keeps you going. So uh, obviously then you you heard the news on uh, Boxing Day 2012 that Dad had passed away. Uh, um, uh, and I mean, I guess, you know, that sort of marks for a lot of people the end of an era uh, in many ways. So I, oh, absolutely. I mean, he was, I mean, apart from me being very pally with him and your mum, I loved your mum, love your mum still. You know, to be a part of, I don't. I don't know whether people realise how much uh, of an icon in in British television. Well, not just British television. Obviously, uh, your dad was, mm-hmm. and you, you know when you look at the amount of uh, stuff that he put out, from the Protectors to you know Space nineteen ninety nine UFO. These were all fantastic uh, shows with people, as well as obviously everybody knows Stingray, Captain Scarlet, Joe ninety. You know, 
but uh, he, he a mountain of work. I don't. Did, did yeah. he ever? You know, did he ever stop? Did no, he ever not really. Come? He he just he wanted to carry on forever and ever and ever, and was still trying to write until he you know he could basically no longer read or write because of the dementia. So, yeah, uh, an unstoppable force, and left behind all sorts of unfinished stuff. So, you know, I, I guess then when I got in touch with you and said, hey, we want to do some more tarot hogs, that was quite unexpected, possibly. It was you know, totally unexpected. And, um, uh, and an, you know, an absolute, well, you know, I was like, I was, I was first in the queue to say, yeah, I'm so up for that. Absolutely. And, um, yeah, and as I say, it, it ended up being just as much fun as doing the original story. Uh, and doing it with you know old friends. Um, the only, <laughs> there was only one downside to the whole thing I can think of, and that was uh, waiting for Denise Breyer to find her page. <laughs> oh, bless Denise! <laughs> I'm terribly sorry, darling. Just I, I, yeah, that must have been her most used phrase, actually. I guess during the yes, recordings. There are we. What my page? What my page? She's such a darling. I mean, really. She, and to to be able to bring back. Zelda with, yeah. with that sort of conviction, you know, at at quite a quite an age. Well, yeah, but do, I mean, doing Zelda and Mary in her nineties. Yeah, you know, Mary was supposed to be in her twenties, and obviously it's an older voice, but she still had the sort of the the delicate commander, I suppose, yes. is the kind yeah. of personality, isn't absolutely. it? Absolutely, no, absolutely. She was. I mean, she's a legend. She's an absolute legend, yeah. as you say, in her nineties. But it's um, yeah, we did on. Um, I'm just, we had a guest. That, what was the chap's name who did the voice of brains in I think David Graham. David Graham came in. Yeah. Yeah, he did, didn't he? And he was 95 or something. Yeah. Well, they hadn't worked <laughs> together since the late 50s, those two. God. And he was he was brilliant, wasn't he? Yeah. Yeah. He was brilliant. I mean, and of course, the late Nicholas Parsons, who came in for series two, which we recorded separately from you guys because of his availability. But uh, yeah, it was, we had a lot of fun on that. Uh, on that particular yeah, series, we, we'd um, I'd, I'd spoken to Nicholas quite a, a lot because you know we, I'd phoned Denise um, when Denise and Nicholas were together, mm. and he was always very charming and very sweet. And in fact, at the the last Fanderson convention in Leicester was it? Uh, Andercon twenty fifteen. That would have been yes. Was he there? Yeah. Or was he? Was it twenty fourteen? I think he only came to the, the London one, didn't he? I can't remember. Um, I think he yeah, it must have been London the Heathrow one he came to. Yes, because I know that Robbie Stevens and I were, I mean, whilst, you know, his voice still sounded uh, spectacular, mm. uh, you know, he, he was, you know, we were having to help him up and down stairs yeah. and things like that. So physically he was, he was um, you know, showing his age, but uh, vocally he was still, you know, yeah. no, brilliant was, and, and still was, doing a minute and... Yeah, no, I mean, he was he was <clears throat> so on the ball for that. I mean, he, part, halfway through the recording when we did his scenes in isolation, he said, I haven't got a clue what's happening, but it's very funny. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but he just, he, you know, he made it sound so professional and he, he was such a, an old pro about it, even though he really didn't know what was going on in this surreal universe. Uh, bless you. So, Jez, in terms of getting into, into it, you know, how... Ha- Obviously, with the gang and and Robbie and uh, and Denise, there's an element of continuity from the the original. How does it feel? How did it feel getting the scripts and kind of getting back into character? Were there any 
elements that are particularly challenging, you know, f- finding an old voice or anything. But I mean, you've already shown these voices sort of live in your vocal library. Yeah, it was it was quite a challenge. I felt it was quite a challenge uh, doing Winter Davis because obviously mm. Winter Davis was unable to join us for for uh, for the audios mm. and doing this great, you know, this big voice, this very big character. I mean, a very big character for such a small little silver ball. Um, <laughs> it was, yeah, that was like, I don't know whether I can pull this off very well. Well, you pulled it off marvellously, I'd say. <laughs> oh, thank you. Fishing rods out there. <laughs> <laughs> they did an excellent job. I mean, it's, you know, it didn't, I don't think it felt like anything was missing at all, but it felt like a really complete unit in terms of how you work together and, and in, right through to the finished product. product it, it felt like more Terror Hawks, and it was a yeah, an absolute joy to do. Now I'm just going to draw on two particular memories. I'm sure you will remember both of them. Go on, uh, I'm already frightened. Uh, yeah, no, don't be. I'm just remembering at the end. I think it was the end of series two, and we weren't sure we were going to do a third one, and we all went out to that fish and chip place in Maida Vale by the river, by the canal rather. Yep. And Denise stayed out after her curfew and her daughter rang and was all worried about her. And then Denise said, well, let's have espresso martinis. And we had a couple yeah. of rounds of those. And the next morning, everybody sort of slightly stumbled in, you know, with slightly mm. sore heads and <clears throat> slightly uh, throaty. And Denise waltz in, good morning, darlings. I feel <laughs> wonderful. How are you? In her 90s, she's doing that and the rest of us were suffering, uh, which is, amazing how that helped her power through i that was that was a very happy a happy happy meal and a lovely little crew that i really enjoyed that oh no no i enjoyed that very much in fact we had that first espresso martini and then i think i insisted buying around and having another go on it as it's your fault (laughs) yes so robbie and i were uh, sharing a hotel room around the corner and after there was so much caffeine i don't drink coffee yeah and I'm I'm in I'm in the hotel room, you know. I'm yeah. like, uh, well, like um, I've had some strange drug made of white powder or something. It was <laughs> we were very... all twitching. Yeah. I'm sure I didn't get a wink of sleep, and yet no, Denise no. stayed out after her bedtime, and then was fresh as days the next day. Um, <laughs> but it it was just a you know. It, it was really obvious the the bond that everybody had kind of developed, and I, you know, a very it's a very happy memory for me. But on that same note, when we finished series three, I don't know if you remember, but there's a, a basically a bidding of farewell to Denise's character uh, and Nine Steins. I, I mean, That's... I was I actually it's the first time in acting in my career as Tiger Einstein when he believed that Mary had been, you know, killed. And I, I remember reading it and then coming out of the booth and I had tears all down my face. <laughs> I can't believe I've really been crying, you know. I am an actor after all. You know? <laughs> I found it finally after all these years. That was, but it was so lovely. I mean, even, even thinking about it now, I, I can feel myself getting slightly wet-eyed because it was a, you know, it was a real stellar performance um, from both of you, actually. Bless, you. Bless um, you. And it was so nice to kind of end Terrorhawks on a, on a note where, there were it really meant something to to the characters and to all of us as well. It was really really lovely. So, if you haven't listened to Terror Hawks audios, then what are you doing with your life? You, well, you, know, I, you might. And we, can we can we tell the, the truth about Mary? You know, don't don't what? spoil it, Jeremy. Don't spoil it. They'll have to find out for themselves, won't they? Okay. All right. Yeah. Get, yeah. Go, how and how do people go about it, James? <laughs> 
<laughs> they go to bigfinish.com God. or there's or there's free episodes on the on the uh, the Jerry Anderson store and beyond. So you never know. We might we may yet get a chance to do more terror walks. I don't think it's gonna happen right now, but you know, never say never, because you know, you probably would have said never in nineteen eighty six and uh, then we made a load more. So um Absolutely. I, I hope Does that mean does that mean Yes, right? Jeremy, yeah. Does this mean that the Terror Hawks is in fact the biggest product in the Jerry Anderson portfolio? Uh, yes, technically it has the most episodes of any ah. Anderson show, I believe. So was about that. Uh, you can't use that impression anymore, but um, <laughs> no. <laughs> no, please, please. We were doing so well. Uh, it's all just, uh, yeah, uh, it's all falling uh, out. No, I, I, well, I tell you what, if the Terror Hawks come back, I, I, yet again, Jamie, I would be so thrilled. I'll be at the front of the queue and I'll be on the first aeroplane when we're allowed. Yes. Uh, Dan South, Dan South, Dan out of my mate. I'll be there. You yeah. know it. Uh, it would be lovely to get back into the moat and do some more of those. And so, uh, Jez, just rounding things off, what, what, are you, what are you up to now? Obviously, we're all in uh, varying degrees of lockdown, and uh, I guess, you know, fo- foodies are still going. So what, what's going on for you right now? Well, I, uh, as I said earlier, uh, it looks like a film. I'm going to be working on a film called The Banker Dave, playing a fat banker, <laughs> which I'm looking forward to. <laughs> And yeah, we're just putting together foodies festivals. This year we're doing 11 festivals starting in Maidstone in Kent. Uh, And we've got a couple of new ones that we're going to be doing. So if anybody around the country is into food and drink, foodies festivals uh, will be coming to a place near you. And it's it's an environment to tell people what it is. It's an an outdoor event. We have a chef's theatre with top chefs uh, doing cooking demonstrations. We work very closely with MasterChef. We have cake and dessert theatre, so we have um, people like Candice Brown, who people know we work with Bake Off uh, as well. And uh, uh, and actually, this year we have a music stage because if you've got food and you've got drink and you have you know music, you essentially got yourself a party going on. Uh, and we're very pleased to say that we've signed up Sophie Ellis Baxter, who's going to be headlining with oh, us this year. Oh, nice! And, she's, and and I think her crying at the discotheque song is brilliant. So, and she's lovely. So that's uh, uh, brilliant. And we've got Scouting for Girls who worked with us uh, in 19, uh, 2019 who did, who smashed it. And uh, so they're coming back. So nice street food, you know, artisan products, top chefs, bakers. It's, it's all um, oh. getting bigger and bigger. Can't wait. And I mean, surely after all this lockdown stuff, people will just be gagging to do that sort of thing. I mean, I'm, I'm foaming at the mouth thinking about this event. <laughs> Now. Well, I'll t- Jamie, I'll tell you the really weird thing, and this is this is sort of demonstrates what's going on, uh, and how sort of after nearly a year, virtually a year, how fed up people are. We we haven't started uh, marketing foodies festivals yet, and yeah. um, we're selling tickets like there's no tomorrow. People are just going on the website and buying tickets. It's great. So the desire for the people to get out, and the, you know, there's a, a thought that. You know, governments are telling us maybe not to go on holiday abroad uh, and to stay here. So fine. So people are looking for something to do. And what yeah. better than go and eat, drink and listen to great music. Yeah. So In the company of Tiger Neinstein from Terrorhawks, we should have. Well, yeah, I, 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 I do keep that under wraps, you know. But I'm, yeah, I'll be there. I'm, I'm, I'm comparing the chef's theatre. So um, amazing. I, I love that. That's brilliant. Okay. So, And then the old commercial come up and bit of film work and that's me still still busy so yeah well, i'm glad to hear it jason it's, it's so nice to speak to you and see you uh doing doing well despite uh 
uh, the year from not quite hell, but uh, a rather crap year. Um, yeah, right. I just need a haircut now. That's that's. Well, yeah, you want to be doing my uh, my style, mate? Then you'll be all right. Um, yeah, yeah. You just don't like buying shampoo. I mean, <laughs> no, that's it. I'm just tight. That's that's the only reason I've gone for the board look. Um, and Jess, yeah. if there's is there anywhere you're are you online in any way, sort of uh, you know Twitter or or Facebook or stuff? Do you avoid that like the plague if people want to? see what um, you're up to or is foodies festival the best way to kind of get foodies festival, get a piece of tiger yes uh no no yeah foodies festival i think that i've i've got a website um uh jeremyhitchen.com uh oh, okay there you man, go. man of a thousand voices apparently i don't know who made that up not me uh but uh yeah available for bar mitzvahs weddings and everything <laughs> there you go right start booking in folks uh jez thanks so much Oh, James, so great to speak to you again, mate. And I can't wait to see you. Fingers crossed for Terror Hawks Mark Three Or four. Oh, yeah, season four, whatever. We'll we'll work it out. Oh, lovely, Jeremy. I could and did chat to him for hours. Uh, Yeah. In fact, there's lots of stuff that we didn't record. I could imagine. Other bits and pieces, lots of stuff that was uh, not suitable for a podcast for a general family (laughs) audience. Uh, But yeah, Jeremy, thank you so much. She's brilliant. Do pop along to uh, Foodies Festival's website and see if um, there's a a Foodies Festival going on near you. And uh, a little Mm. little hint for you. Uh, When you get to the gate, tell them that you're uh, you're friends with Tiger Neinstein and they might, Uh, uh, you know do you a favor or something or at least just see right. jeremy comparing on the main stage and go and shout expect the unexpected yes. or terror hawk stay on this channel <laughs> he'd love that he loves being heckled as our jezza <laughs> uh, now richard as i'm sure you can guess i'm totally yeah. exhausted from doing yeah, yet you look another a bit, uh, interview yeah i know because you've been doing three on the bounce three weeks on the trot well it is only one interview but yes yeah, three weeks on the on the trot so i think it's time i have a break uh, so i'm handing right. over the uh, interview baton uh, or microphone yeah. i suppose to you so who are you speaking to next week Ah, well now, Toby Haydoke will, I know, be a name known to many of you, many of our listeners, not least because of his connections with the worlds of Doctor Who, but he also has uh, many a memory uh, of growing up with uh, Jerry Anson shows, such as uh, Captain Scarlet and Thunderbirds and so on, and even has a thing or two to say about Space Precinct, no less. No way. Uh, So yes, I uh, caught up with him a few weeks ago, so I guess we'll have the first part of that next week. We will. Uh, the two great. parts of that aren't there I think so yes yeah, great I, I look so. forward to hearing something from Toby in due course loads more interviews that we've already uh, got stacked up I'm, well, I'm not going to tell you who they are but there's some really cool ones coming up so uh, oh yeah, okay. yeah some very some very cool ones coming up in due course alright great Richard James yes is there anything wow. else you'd like to say before we hand over to Chris who's very precariously climbing down yeah. now from he's, his strange he's teetering isn't he yes oh do you mm, know what he was odd. doing I have no idea. He was pretending he was piloting Thunderbird 1. <laughs> of course he was. Of course. Yeah. Makes perfect yeah, yeah, sense yeah. now. He was yeah, just in, uh, in takeoff mode. Thank goodness he didn't try for horizontal flight. Uh, Chris, now you're down here. Shall we um, get you down to press your big red button and give us your latest issue of the randomizer? We yeah, should. Go on. go on, Chris. Okay, off you go, Chris. kind of tired. Routine days always get me this way. Say, what are you doing here? Oh, hello, Commander. Well, Marina wanted to stop by Marineville for a little while, you know, see everybody, and I just thought I'd uh, visit you for a bit. Why? Well, firstly, because I hear you happen to have a spare bedroom, and secondly, I was hoping you might be able to press the button on the randomizer for us this week. Well, okay. What did I do? 
Oh, it's quite all right, Commander. The machine is just selecting this week's episode. And once we have the printout... Yeah, perhaps you'd like to tell us what episode we're watching today. Trapped in the depths. Ah, very interesting. Doesn't that uh, doesn't that title mean anything to you? Yeah, yeah, it's a good title. Well, yes, but once again, it's an episode title that was used in more than one Anderson series. Very interesting. Very interesting. Very interesting. Hmm. But this particular trapped in the depths is not Stingray. It's Supercar. Yeah. Now let me get back to sleep, will you? Oh yes, of course. Sorry. Uh, room for one more. Listen, will you get out of my room? Oh, okay. Sorry, sorry. I'm going. Supercar. So, welcome back to Supercar on the Randomizer with Trapped in the Depths. This is, uh, oddly enough, coming quite soon after Captain Scarlet Seek and Destroy, which is one of those episode titles that appears in uh, more than one Anderson series, because there is a Stingray episode with this name as well. We are looking at a uh, newspaper printing press. Jimmy, the Navy's got a new bath escape. And they are going to make the deepest underwater dive that's ever been known. Gee, Professor, what's a bath escape? Well, it's You'll find out soon enough. I'm driving you down to the naval yard. You're going to test it. Into the sea. Much deeper than a submarine. Deeper than supercar could go? Much deeper than that. <gasps> it says here that the bath escape is on a naval boat near New Zealand. Something better than supercar? One of the deepest seabeds in the world. Surely not. Jimmy, I tell you something. I'd rather be here on dry land. But, Professor, you're with me. Oh, yes. Um, I would like to be in the bottom of the ocean instead. 1,200 hours. Dive will commence now. Mistral calling Lulu. Mistral calling Lulu. This was actually the uh, second episode of uh, Supercar that I ever saw. It was on the same VHS tape as The Sunken Temple, which we've discussed as, as on a previous uh, podcast, was the very first one I ever saw. Here we are on the Mistral. Personnel connected with dive. This is the uh, the boat that's supervising the dive, which is uh, Nine for check rather charmingly conveyed by by quite a bit of stock footage. Mr. Control, this is Commander Keyes speaking. From but we have got a model being lowered into water in front of uh, stock footage of water. Hold on, John. We should be hitting the water any minute. Okay, Phil. I'll watch it. Lulu to Mistro. I wish you'd tell those boys to drop us slower. John always cracks his head when we hit the water. Check, Commander. All set, John? All set. Ow. Commence dive. This is Commander Keys and John in the bath escape. Three Greenwich Mean Time. Ah, there they go. Twelve. Being lowered down behind the fish tank. Depth. Thirty feet. Forty. Fifty. Sixty. And so the counting continues long into the night. Three thousand five hundred fathom. Oh, we skipped over a bit there. Testing Asdic Morse transmitter. Mistral here, ready to receive Asdic cold groups. Go ahead, please, Lulu. Do you read us, Mistral? We read you. Message AZ. 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 Received clearly. Well, that's something anyway. The telephone line may not stand the pressure at this depth, but it's well to have a second line of defense. Hello, Mistral. Hello, Mistral. Mistral to Lulu. Report on descent, please. Descent normal. Controlled. Rate four feet per second. Batteries three-quarter charged. All's well. I repeat, descent normal. All's... Uh-oh. Oh, no. The line is cut and the bath escape is falling. Come in, Lulu. This is Mistral here, Lulu. Come in, please. Come on, AZ, AZ, AZ. Or maybe you've got two other letters you'd like to uh, substitute for that now. Your signal strength has fallen to zero. Reply by Astic, please. 
Oh yes, that's why they had uh, had that there. This is another very technical episode of uh, of Supercar, as we'll we'll discover as we go along. This is Mistral Control here. Astic message received from Lulu reads: Float damaged, sinking out of control, danger. We have lost telephone contact. I repeat, we have lost telephone contact with the Sphere. A sphere named Lulu. There we go, tapping out Morse code. Oh, it's all so. It's also very 1960s. And there's another newspaper. There is still no contact with the Navy divers. Meanwhile, Jimmy and Popkiss are still driving home. New Zealand. Where have they been for such a long journey for, for two newspapers to have been published in that time? But I expect they are using an Esdic Morse transmitter. What's that, Professor? Well, Jimmy, the simplest way I can explain it is this. You know Shut up. Radar, I'm sure. Oh, sure, Professor. I guess everyone's heard of that. Well, Esdic is the equivalent of radar, but underwater. Underwater. Now, Mike, about this ultrasonic gun, are, are you ready for a test? Okay by me, Dr. Beaker. But Jimmy isn't back yet. Supercar around so that we can fire into the blast wall. Oh, then making another addition to Supercar, which no doubt will not come into play at any point during uh, the remainder of this episode. That would be very unlikely. Who knows? We may need to use this sooner than we thought. Ah, aha, ah. Yeah, as as if, as if that would happen. That's it, Doc. Okay, charging port. Yeah, Mike and uh, Beaker are alone at the lab. Or so they think. Anyway, with Popkiss and uh, Jimmy out of the way, it's a good chance to get things done. Okay, all aboard for the carousel. Here we go. Ah. Oh, he is rotating supercar as well. Oh, I get it. Yes, he's going to rotate supercar so that the blast shield that would normally take the heat from the engines is going to take the uh, the blast from the laser thingy that they've put on the front. A coconut? Good thing Mitch isn't around. Uh, just give me a chance to get clear, Mike, and then take aim. Beaker has balanced a... Uh, Coconut on a bottle. Sights on Clearview. I'm on target, Doc. Countdown starting now. Ten. Oh, goody! Another countdown. Nine. Eight. And it's a very slow one. <gasps> Seven. But here's the man himself. Six. And he likes coconuts. Be ashamed to let this one go to waste. No matter what the guys are doing. Three. Two. Oh, he sat right next to it. Mike clearly didn't notice he was there. We couldn't have. What a terrible accident. Ah, oh, no, Mitch is okay. By Jove, that was close. It seems that the dog's ultrasonic gun is a success, and you may have a use for it right now. Have you heard the latest news about those divers in New Zealand? Something has gone wrong. They are trapped at the bottom of the sea. Trapped? Guess it's just our kind of job, Doc. What do you say, Professor? Well, whatever you and Beaker think, Mike. Their only hope is Supercar. Oh, yeah. Interlock on! Despite the fact that Supercar has no roof. I won! As we established, I think, the last time we saw Supercar, they were going into space with this thing with no roof. Charging starboard. The important thing is, Jimmy isn't coming. It's just Mike and Beaker. And they also had prepared on uh, on top of the canopy the uh, the searchlight, as if they knew they were going to need that this week as well. They're open. Fire two. And going back to what we were talking about at the beginning of this episode, um, 
episode titles that appear in multiple series. Considering there's more than 500 uh, episodes of Anderson shows, that doesn't happen too often. Well, board, Mike. Will do. You also see uh, Anderson episode titles being used as titles in other shows, obviously, of course. you would, um, Doctor Who has got things like The Space Pirates and uh, Inferno. I don't know if, if um, anyone out there can uh, mention any other other favourite shows of theirs that have uh, got uh, notable Anderson titles. I, I would be very surprised if, uh, I don't know, titles like It Could Be Practically Anywhere on the Island turn up in any other show. But uh, if you've got any notable ones, do please let us know. In the middle of the Pacific Ocean, here is where the Bathyscaphe is exploring. It's marked as awful deep. It certainly is, Jimmy. Over 4,000 fathoms. That's more than five miles down. Gee, I wonder what's happened to him. So here we are at the bottom of the sea. Not a peep. Which is, um... I don't think there's a fish tank in front of this shot. It is just Medic. enough light to illuminate the, the model and uh, a couple of rocks. But it's it's very convincing. Again, I think it's because it's black and white. The 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 darkness, the shadow hides a lot of, uh, or suggests a lot of the uh, the depth. Except rocks. Reckon we're jammed. Could be. Especially the fact that there's nothing they can see out of the window. It's absolute black out there as well. Pull us out from this depth. Anything yet, Lieutenant? No, sir. They still keep transmitting. We keep getting short bursts on the Aztec, but nothing long enough to read a message from. Well, keep trying. This radio operator on the Mistral is uh, looking slightly more human than the crew of the Bath Escape. I think the, the side of the ship's hull that we see is also uh, part of one of the ships from Pirate Plunder. We can't stay down here forever. Suppose she suddenly frees herself. If we've lost all our ballast, we'll go up like an express train. Can't help it. We'll just have to hold our stomachs. Right, sir. Jettisoning shotgun. Is she moving? Afraid not. Ballast silo's empty now. Right. Then we can do without the main batteries, too. They weigh about a ton. But what about the searchlight? We'll keep on the reserve lighting battery. we got to get off the bottom, John. Fair enough. Dropping mine batteries. Yeah, more, more technical talk that you wouldn't get in most children's shows. Certainly not now, but uh, even of the time. This is very much the, the Woodhouse Brothers thinking. Can't tell whether it's just that we're jammed between rocks or whether the floats badly hold as well. Yeah, characters in trouble are never short of things to talk about in a, in a Woodhouse Brothers script. Supercar to base, approaching dive zone now. We'll be breaking radio contact shortly. Console to supercar, we hear you. Don't take any unnecessary risks, Mike. Remember, we've never tried a really deep dive before. The pressure down there must be terrific, Professor. And we've already had that conversation, Jimmy. It'll be more than 10,000 pounds per square inch. Right, Doc. Here we go. Oh, Jimmy opened his mouth as if he had something more to say, but... Uh, I guess that dialogue was uh, was cut. It may, possibly even for him, it was uh, rather redundant. And here we go, supercar diving towards the uh, the sea. There she goes. And um, yeah, the model the model descending there was um, was perfectly acceptable for the time, but uh, obviously it doesn't hold up that well compared against the the other shows that would come after it. Some of it works really well, like a supercar diving against the, the backdrop of the clouds, but other shots like it uh, diving towards the sea, you, got, you saw a, a shot of supercar from behind and the water looming up towards it didn't quite work. It's got an Aztec message, sir. I can't understand it. You have the code book, haven't you, Lieutenant? It's not in code, sir. Straight Morse. Okay, read it. Yes, sir. It says, Sup supercar or something, diving to rescue out. 
I still don't understand it. Supercar? What's that? How are we doing? Yeah. This is before they were the world-famous supercar team, but uh, second, that's evidently happened at some point between the first and second series. You still see the telephone cable. Because this is quite late on in the, the first season. This is episode 20-ish. Just before we took off back in the lab, you said something about our needing that. Well, I meant that it was likely that the cable was not broken, but cut through, or if you like, beaten through. Oh. Hey. What? We've reached the end of the cable. So if something's bitten the cable... Hey, what? Does that mean... <gasps> yes! It's a supercar underwater fish. Ah, as many fish are indeed underwater. Yeah, one of those scary, uh, very scary supercar fish. I've got a metallic echo at 3,000 fathoms. Great. They must be coming up. It's not the commander and Fraser, sir. It's moving about too fast for that. Anyway, Fraser? Down, oh. Not up. And it's zigzagging, too. The first Jerry Anderson Fraser? There were always quite a lot of characters named Fraser. Oh, my goodness, this puppet. Weigh a couple of tons or more. This fish puppet. Oh. Large ultrasonic cannon. No, don't shoot it. I want to have a look at it. You ready, Doc? Quite ready. It looks like he's... Oh. That's so quaint. Fire! Oh, they blowed him up. Wow. I hope there aren't many of his friends around. Oh, I do. He was sweet. He, he looked like a little Muppet. Oh. Getting a bit close in here, John. How's the air? Just finishing the test now. Oh, yeah, more science stuff. Not too good, I'm afraid, Phil. Oxygen's all right for the moment, but there's something else in the air. Can you smell anything? Yes, I can. I thought that was you. We're overloading them. Yeah, they're doing a, an oxygen test with a flask. Stand by. Again, only in first season Supercar would you see stuff like that. Don't waste any, Skipper. We need it all. Now, there's a shop with a fish tank on it, lots of bubbles. How much have we got left? Two hours. Two hours? We'll need the emergency supply. That was the emergency supply you were using just now, Phil. Well, why didn't you say something? Oh, boy, we're in trouble then, I'm afraid, John. Signal the surface, anyway. Sure. It's time to decide which of us we eat first. Only faint signals now, sir. I think their power's running out. They may have jettisoned the main batteries. Yeah, this flotilla of ships on the surface is, is stock footage. I'd like to know where that's from, if anybody recognises it. Depth, Dr. Beaker? Because occasionally you get real-world real stock footage in this show, and it actually works rather well. Again, I don't know if it's the, um, the black, and, black and white nature of the thing. You just accept these things more easily than you might do in a colour show. You really want me to keep on filling my hands about dropping off and it's getting hotter in here? Oh dear. Well, nobody can do anything about it. And I've got this uh, Morse telegraph message to send as well. Always play checkers. I'll level up a bit. Ah, that's it, yeah, play checkers. Any sense of it, Doc? It stopped. All I have is O2, O2, O2. Teddy, we haven't got... Ah. Well, we can find out what it means. That's your mobile phone provider coming after you to pay your bill. Interpret it correctly. They are signaling they are short of oxygen. Oh, all that, yeah. Leveling off, let's take a look around. Again, more non-Barry Gray library music, and I'd like to know where... Call now, sir. Well, I, I have a fair idea where it comes from, but I would like to to have access to, to that music as well. There's some very nice, very nice tracks in there. I make it about 100 feet. Then they must be somewhere near. I'll try Clearview. Hey, hey, they found her. Half throttle, turning port. They found the Lulu. And now they're wobbling their way down there. Not good. We'd only just have enough to reach the surface, even if we broke free now. Well, there's 
nothing else we can jettison except the lighting battery. Thanks, but now I've, I've an objection to dying in the dark. They're still alive anyway, and they're going to be about the most surprised deep sea divers in the universe in a minute. Cutting engines for glider pro. Are they going to be glad to see us? I like as well with the hand insert shots in this show that the the, the human hand seems to have a glove over it. Yeah, it won't hurt to take a look. In which case you had better maneuver right into contact with the sphere. We shall then be... Uh, it, it's, it's an odd effect. I think they carry it through to Fireball as well. And it kind of works, but it also... It, 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 I, I don't know if they were intending to, to make it look puppety. I'll make a signal to base. Or if it was just something they they tried to um, I suppose we're never gonna find the to to make the the lighting look a bit convincing, but uh, yeah, it's an odd thing that uh, What's up? that gloved human hand. Well, I, I thought I saw something. That's why coming this way. It looked big enough for a shark. Not at this depth, old son. At least I doubt it. So now supercar has found the thing. Again, we're looking at a model shot with no fish tank in front of it. What's that? Can't be the battery's falling off the float. We've still got light. Commander, are you still alive in there? Ah. Hey, now, now wait a minute. I'm beginning to have delusions too. They're doing the thing of just pressing supercar's hull up against the bath escape. John, there's, there's something resting up against it. Sure, Phil, sure. It's a nuclear submarine. The US Navy's everywhere these days, even at 25,000 feet down. Now quit clowning, John. I tell you, there's something there. I do like these guys, uh, Commander Keys and, and John. Hear us. Are you sure? We're nice performances from Graydon Gould and, uh, and George Marcel. Chief, Fraser. Oh, come off it, sport. Don't let's kid ourselves. John. John, we're both hearing it, John. And the fact that they're both Australian as well is a nice, unusual touch. I was talking to us, lack of oxygen. I say, when you're short of air, you imagine things. I can hear them talking. Right now, I'm imagining you're the most beautiful man in the world. Will you, for Pete's sake, stop yammering and answer? Well, <laughs> a hallucination. And I've got my wings and harp already. Hey. Keep here. Ahoy there, Commander. Don't ask questions. Just answer them. Why? We are alive and well. And sweaty? Yeah, there's some... Um, on oxygen. There's lots of uh, sweat applied to these puppets now. And we think the spears jammed between rocks. Jammed? That's bad, but if the float's torn badly, we're really in trouble. We must inspect it at once. There's no time to lose. Right. Right. Out you get. Ahoy there. Oh, no. Contact to examine float. Well, you can stone me. I don't get it. What is that out there? We'd better save that question for later. And it looks as if there may be a later now. Ah. Uh, the dialogue in this, again, your Woodhouse Brothers, is... You kind of know how this situation plays out because we've been here so often in in later Anderson shows. Two guys stuck generally at the bottom of the ocean. Obviously, the, the, the main one is Atlantic Inferno, but there is countless others like this. And the dialogue is always, oh, we're never going to get out of here. No, we will. Those guys know what they're doing. Oh, no, 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 no. The, the, the writing in this, right. Back to with regards to the guest characters, is something a bit different. And here we have Barry Gray's gorgeous music carrying us through a, a a less than amazing model shot, but again for the time. Examine the float. Really good stuff. He's got out there, but it seems to be able to do more than Lulu ever could. I hate Lulu. Back again. We found a small tear in your float, but only one. 
You've lost gasoline from one container only, that means. Can you surface on the rest? Well, what do you think, John? One tank hold out of 12. Can we do it? If we weren't jammed and if we dropped the last emergency lighting battery, yes, probably. Can you free us? We can try. Do you think we can? Oh, no there, Toast, but let's give it a whirl. Try to push the sphere loose with the engines. Might be rather fun. Commander, have you got enough oxygen to last out the ascent? Only just. If I kill John now, I'll be all right until we make it to the surface. We will. Breaking contact. Hey, Doc. Yes? One question. You're the expert. Will the hull stand it? I mean, pushing against a solid object at full throttle. Well, I, I, I should have to consider uh, uh, calculating. Well, just guess, Dr. Beaker. There isn't time for calculation. Um, uh, yes. That's good enough for me. Oh, I love that. Firstly, I love that Mike is so instantly prepared to go with Beaker's guess, but also while Mike is, is pressuring him, the eyes are just wiggling back and forth in their sockets. John, signal the surface. I like Beaker. No point. There's no code message to cover this situation. I guess not. And both our guys have pretty much given up at this point. I'm just gonna loll around and be sweaty. That's got it. Now let's really try. Oh, and again, I like that. I like that. Uh, it's a bit difficult to do, to explain, but uh, that was a shot of supercar firing its engines. There was a fish tank in front of the screen, and in there was a piece of coral or seaweed. As supercar's engines fired, there's a concealed pump in that little bit of vegetation that makes it look like it's coming out of supercar. Shifting. Which, of course, is not in the water, so... My dear fellow, the strain on the hull... Caution. Again, it's, it's baby steps watching these these effects processes being used for the first time and then making these leaps and strides through Stingray and, and Thunderbirds. You may damage the seals round the cockpit. She's nearly free. I can feel it. Jettison battery, John. We're coming free. Yeah. Okay. She's gone, Skipper. And we're coming loose. That's it. Hallelujah. He's, he's very strangely lit there and... Uh, Oh. oh, it's beautiful. There they go, rising to the surface. Is that it? That's it. Right, that was Supercar Trapped in the Depths. And uh, yeah, I've always had a lot of time for that one. As I said, it was uh, the second episode I ever saw. So I kind of know bits of that one off by heart. Um, very nice to have more underwater stuff. Firstly, it's always fun to watch this show advancing the the effects side of the underwater settings um but also the first or, or at least one of the first two guys trapped needing needing saving stories the skies through the heavens you know our, 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 our two trapped guys are, are nothing stand out in terms of character but their dialogue is quite uh, quite exceptional so yeah a first first two guys needing to be rescued story and um for what supercar was capable of doing quite a good one supercar dum 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 dum
Mm, yes, that is pretty much yeah. what I think. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, yes. No, I can bear that. That's fine. I've okay. got, I don't look quite the same because I've cut my hair, as you know. Yeah. So I haven't quite got the mercury quiff at the moment. No, and your your eyes no longer <laughs> poke out quite as much as they used to. So uh, you've got a different hey? kind of uh, eye. eye. <laughs> Did they poke out? Mike Mercury's do, don't they? They're sort of sat on the front of his face. <laughs> yeah, you don't look. You don't. You're like the handsome human version of that, Mike Mercury. That, yes, does that, that's what does I that like. work that's, for you? That's very good. Yes, I oh, shall put that on my CV. God, save that from the jaws of Great. feet. Uh, anyway, oh. <coughs> have you got anything left before we wrap this thing up? Well. Over on Twitter, people have been oh. a, a lot more complimentary than saying really? that I had eyes sticking out the front of my face. No, I just uh, said you example, the handsome yeah, human no, version no, no, of my no, Mercury. On, you can't back, back. No, no, you there can't go back. There was no backpedaling. Back uh, I was always forward for example, Go on. Lost in Transition says, Big thank you to Jamie Anderson, Richard James, Chris Dale, as always for the Jerry Anderson podcast. Oh. Highly entertaining. He said, I meant to post this yesterday, but I didn't get around to it. That's all right. Fair we enough. wouldn't have known if you hadn't told us. No, that's true. Uh, Sam Dudman said, uh, I've been a loyal fan since back in the Fab Live days. I love the podcast. Uh, Space Precinct Unmasked. And yes, the playlist is still going. Uh, Jerry Anderson podcast. He's hashtagging it all over the place, even mid-sentence. He says, where can I buy Space Precinct? Please reply. Love, Sam. Uh, where can you buy it? Well, you can get it from the Jerry Anderson store, of course, on, uh, on uh, DVD as a box set. So um, there, Gary Hodgkinson says another great pod. Enjoyed part two of the interview with Jeremy Hitchin. Looking forward to the next bit. Nice to get a bit of space precinct on the randomizer. Cheers, Fab Trio. Fred McNamara. This is regarding Five Star Five. Says, oh, this looks superb fun. A long lost Jerry Anderson production brought back to life. Uh, and this was a bit of fun as well. The Jerry Anderson uh, Twitter account posted you get to pilot one jerry anderson vehicle for the day which one is it and why uh, gary replied an eagle for an excursion to alpha Moonbase. ian said it has to be thunderbird one i was the eldest brother uh, so i had to be scott hillary said thunderbird three always has been my fave i lived in edinburgh for several years and the scott monument always made me think of thunderbird three mm. to google that uh, martin says thunderbird two all day and all night why <laughs> one virgil had the coolest way of getting there True. two it was the workhorse True. without which 90% of rescues wouldn't have been possible but True. mainly three because every time I take off in a plane in my head I hear that theme and see that launch sequence and finally Diane says I'm torn between Fireball XL5 and Stingray either way as I don't know how to pilot either of them I'd need Steve Zodiac or Toy Trempest t- Troy Tempest <laughs> to instruct me swoon Oh, I see. <laughs> yes. Fair enough. Fair enough. Whatever floats your boat. Totally. So there you go. Don't forget, hashtag us, Jerry Anderson Podcast. Tag me, Richard N. James, him, uh, I'm Jamie Anderson, and him over there. Oh, it's, oh, I see what he's doing now. He's squatting down on the floor there. Look, and he's put some palm trees on his fingers. Yep, that's oh, at Chris Dalek. He's being Thunderbird too. He is. That's why he's painted himself green. I know, it's quite a good shade, isn't it? Finally makes sense. Yeah, well done, Chris. Or, uh, now in Applejack. That's the green colour. Anyway. I thought he was in a band. (laughs) Applejack would be Chris's band, 100%. (laughs) Anyway, look, I think this is probably the end, isn't it? We've we've reached the end of the road. We've run out of runway. It's time to wrap up this episode of the Jerry Anderson Podcast. We'll be back with you next week for pod 153. Probably. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. So until then, have a great week. Uh, PWOR, SIG, FAB, etc., etc. Um... See you next pod. Goodbye. Goodbye. Stage one complete. Let's go.
Richard James. Yes, what? Did you know? Why do you always use my full name? I don't know. It's a stylistic it's that, rambling. Uh, yeah, okay. Or a tick mm. or something. Anyway, did you know <laughs> yeah. that over on Podbean, yes. listeners can leave a review for right. an episode rather than just the podcast itself? Oh, right. Okay. Yeah. So there's a rather okay. nice one. From uh, oh, last, from a couple of weeks ago, uh, Pod 150, mm. the 1,000 Voices of Jeremy Hitchin. Yeah. Unfortunately, this doesn't tell me who left it, but it says 150 episodes in and still a cracking episode. Such a friendly rapport between the two hosts. Sit back and let the fun begin. Oh, that's nice, isn't it? That is nice. And yeah, that has led good. me down a, a bit of a rabbit hole of per right. episode reviews. Oh, no. Pod 146, <laughs> okay. another great podcast, especially right. as I got another shout-out. Well, unfortunately, oh. I don't know who you are. Mm. But I think this well, might... they're getting another one now. I know. Don't know it. But there's a different yep. person who's left one of Pod 144. How oh. lovely to hear from David Hirsch, whose space report was eagerly devoured in every new issue of Starlog. Another great episode of the podcast. Thanks, guys. Isn't that oh. nice? I mean, they yeah. keep going back and back and back. There's so many. I won't keep read them out no don't no don't um no. but i this i did just recall this the same chap uh, left this review of chris on the 9th of february yeah. chris dale is spot on and a very funny guy <laughs> there you go here 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 says here. it all yeah nice so there we go it's all very exciting like all these reviews i would love no. it if you would leave a review not you richard you no. know you podstron sure. who's still listening now uh, so my challenge to you, Jamie, is to find the first ever review mm. for the Jerry Anderson podcast. Oh, but that's I have to keep mm, clicking yeah. show yeah, more and go all the way right. to the beginning, and yeah, there's so well, many. There you go. Well, you've got a week. Come on, off you okay, go. Okay, right. I'm looking right. now. I'm starting yeah. to click. See, show more reviews. Show more reviews. Show more reviews. You have been listening to the Jerry Anderson podcast. Wasn't it fun? You have been listening to an Anderson Entertainment production.